Welcome to Giving Head, the podcast. Wondering what head stands for? What H is for happiness, E for empowerment, and D for development. This is the podcast that will discuss topics from the 40-year-old perspective. This is where we will help to navigate you through this new chapter of your life. I'm your host, Sherry, and my co-host is named Kim. To join this community, push the subscribe button to get all the latest head episodes. And to help our head message grow, don't forget to rate us and leave a comment as well. Find us on Instagram and Facebook at Giving Head. H-E-D. Now let's get into it. Welcome to Giving Head, the podcast. We have an awesome episode for you today that I am beyond excited about. If you're interested in finding your happiness, empowerment, and development while changing careers during your mature years, then you want to hear Sia Spence's testimony. She is from the lovely island of Bermuda. She moved to Atlanta in 2014 to pursue a degree in audio production after being a singer in Bermuda for over 20 years. But once she got there, she actually fell in love with film and received her degree in that area. But I want you to hear about her testimony, her trials and her tribulations that she had to push through all while doing this and how she was able to stick to her why and ultimately how she was able to find her head, her happiness, empowerment and development. Sit back and enjoy this interview with my girl, Sia. Welcome to Giving Hand, the podcast. And as I mentioned before, we have the lovely Sia Spence, who's coming to talk to us all about that good head. And that is the happiness and empowerment and development of her journey to the success that she has now. So hi, Sia, and hi, Kim. Hi, Sherry. Welcome, Sia. Hey, hey, hey. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I can't stop smiling. <laughs> well, we're excited. To, we're excited to have you here. So I, I'm very excited to do this interview. Known you for quite some time, but we reconnected some years ago and the relationship has been budding ever since. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I had the pleasure to meet you finally last year. Mm-hmm. And that was good vibes and good energy. So yeah. here yeah. we are a year later. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> well, we're here to have Sia to tell us all about her journey from leaving a good paying job, I'll say that, to going into a career that she's dreamed about, thought about, and then had the courage to do. So tell us, Sia, why did you decide to leave your job and pursue your career in acting and film? And I'm going to say late in life, because lots of times people go to college at 19, 20, 21. And um, it seems like, I don't want to call it the trend, but it has happened where a lot of people are going later on in life. So what sparked you to do that? Well, you know, for years and years and years, I was very afraid of who I am today. I didn't know this girl. I didn't know this woman, I should say. I was afraid of finding out who she was and afraid of taking these steps to get there. But then I found God, rededicated my life, was mentored by my pastors, and they were people of purpose. Like, that's what they taught. That was the way they taught the Bible. They taught on purpose. And so... Basically, they saw things in me that I didn't see. Um, 
they told me to do some certain things, basically uh, stop singing because, you know, in Bermuda, that's what I'm known for. I've been doing it since I was 10 years old and it was just becoming boring to me. I was like, I don't even want to sing anymore. So they were like, stop singing. Just take a sabbatical. No more singing. And I didn't sing for two years. Wow. Yes. And I was able to say no, finally. I never said no to anyone. And so they ran me rugged. And then it was like, you know, stop singing because they're pimping your gift. That's your gift. You're not being valued. So I did that. And I followed every single instruction. And then one day it was like, you need to leave. I actually wasn't leaving to go to pursue film that. So I can tell you about that. A little later, but I wasn't going to pursue film. Well, let me ask you this. Did you take that not singing as a moment to fast? Yeah, it was faster from the thing that I thrived on, the thing that I felt like was my survival. It was a survival platform for me. If I wasn't singing, I wasn't happy. If I wasn't singing, I wasn't getting attention. If I wasn't singing, I wasn't being accepted. So it had a lot to do with confidence, you know, self-confidence and self-esteem as well. And because I lacked a lot of that, I allowed people to take advantage. Hence what he was saying, they're pimping your gift. Really? And I would think that it takes a lot of confidence and a lot of self-esteem to get on stage and be in front of thousands of people because she has, and she really can sing. (laughs) She really can sing to say the opposite. That's very interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. If I tell you what happened, like, it's like off of the stage, very low confidence. On the stage, alter ego, very confident. Just like a Beyonce, you know, there's Beyonce, there's Sasha Fierce. Beyonce is very shy. She's a very shy person. But when she's on stage, you see this totally different person and no one would ever believe that she's shy. But that was me. And I would walk off the stage and I would be like, Oh man, I could have done better. Oh my gosh. Did you hear that note? Uh, Like I was always people pleasing. Okay. Right. So yeah. Okay. What did you want to go and do? Well, I wanted to go to school. At first I didn't know what I was going to school for. It was just, I need to leave. Right. Then it was like, okay, what are you going to do? Then you leave. Okay. I don't have a degree. I always wanted one, but I never got one. And so I said, you know what, get one in music, but I didn't want to do very, and I didn't want to do all of that. So I found schools and finally I found a school that did audio where it would teach me how to make music, like produce. Mm -hmm. So that's what I actually signed up for. I went, I did it for a few months. Maybe I think it was like a semester (laughs) and then I switched to film. Okay. And tell us about that journey in film. So I got introduced to film through my manager. So of course the singing thing still played a a role. Um, I met my manager who is a former member of Silk and he basically got me into film. He's the one that's like, you can act. I was going to acting classes. He was getting ready to produce his own films, like short films and plays and things like that. And it got me really interested and plus taking some screenwriting courses, of course, at school and directing. And I was just like, hmm, I was doing better in film classes than I was in audio classes. Wow. I never wanted to go to the audio classes. (laughs) Weird enough, right? So I switched my major from audio to film. And from there, I dove right into it head first. I actually love it. I mean, singing is always going to be my first love, but film has like 
it's got me wrapped around a singer at this point. Oh, wow. wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I have a very interesting journey. <laughs> so, how are you able to find the balance with being a student, right? Mm-hmm. And motherhood, and now this career. How are you able to find the balance? At first, it was a little difficult because I had to accommodate the children. Because even though it was an adjustment for me, and a life change for me, it was also a life change for them. And because I'm their caretaker, I'm their protector, I had to make sure that my children were okay with the adjustment. Initially, both of them were giving me a hard time. Mm. They were excited to go. And that's because they thought it was a vacation. Yes. Right? Bermudians always traveling, we go on vacation, we go shopping. That's what they thought it was. So I used to have to fight, especially with my son, who was seven at the time. They, we can't always go to, you know, Stars and Strikes or Six Flags, you know what I mean? <laughs> or City Mall. And it was like, why not? And I want my daddy. And it was just so much like, oh, you guys don't even want it. Is. And then my daughter, she was a little older. She was 10 and she missed her friends. So it was an adjustment there. And then eventually they got it. And as they were getting it, I started to be able to relax a little bit and be able to balance the schoolwork, you know, taking care of the kids, doing their schoolwork. It was to the point where I accepted the fact that I can't do me until when they're asleep. Okay. Right. Or if I was in school and I had some time. But other than that, all my scripts, my papers, um, planning for film, pre-production, everything was done after midnight. Wow. And I can totally relate to your kids because I was put in that same position in Mm -hmm. regards to that happening, moving away at a young age. And I said the exact same words, ironically, to my mother that I'm on a vacation. How come, you know, this is a vacation. (laughs) I totally relate to that whole scenario and situation. I can only imagine how it was for my mom. And I'm sure for you in the sense of you're leaving your job. So you are on a fixed budget. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No budget. When I left, I didn't know how I was going to pay for school at first. Until three days before I left, I got money. Wow. I had a concert before I left. And I didn't make much money off of that. And being a big singer and everybody all your life telling you, you should, you need to go away and your Bermuda's best and this, that, and the other. The support that I got before I left, it was very disappointing. I was like drowning in that disappointment for a while. And I I was like, see, you got to get out of it. And the the mentorship along the way helped me. But yeah, I didn't get what I thought was going to happen. So it made it very, very hard financially at first. And then eventually money starts to dwindle and all of that type of stuff. But I was able to balance everything, like all the obstacles and all of that due to my mentality. My mental isn't nowhere near where it was when I first went. I'm actually stronger. I'm more mature. I'm more positive. I still had some sort of strength and I still had a lot of faith. And I think that's what got me through those tough times where I was still able to maintain an A grade and 4.0 grade point average and all of that. I was able to still maintain that because of my mentality. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to fail. Tell our listeners, how were you able to make that shift? 
because sometimes that shift is very hard when it is clouded by other things that are going around you. And I don't mean that your children are clouding, but they had a whole lot going on. Then you have, you know, lack of finances happening. Then you got this going on, that going on. It's still kind of got your arm in Bermuda maintaining things there. How were you able to make that shift to get to where you are? I always tell people, and this is what I used to tell myself, always remember your why. Why am I here? If you don't know your why, you're going to always be lost. When you get in those stages in your life where things really get hard, whether it's money, relationships, just your mental, your physical, whatever, whatever obstacles come. If you don't know why you're doing what you're doing, then it's going to be hard for you to figure out how to get out of it how to get out of the state of depression sometimes for some people, all of that kind of stuff. So I always remember my why. My why was my children and my why was God's promises to me. And also for a third thing would be those people that were following me on my journey. People were watching me. People from the beginning, when I start posting that I'm leaving. I mean, of course I have people out there that were always rooting for me, but when they knew I was actually taking this leap of faith and I was going, It was like, wow. And I had single mothers watching me, all of that. So I couldn't just give up. I had to keep pushing. So I always remember my why. And that's how I was able to shift the mindset. Okay, this is hard, but hey, you got to do it. You have a Malin's A watching. You have people, you know, your community watching. And then you have to remember, God said, this is what you're going to have. Okay. Amen Mm -hmm. to that. And you're saying to, you had to remember your why. And so for people, okay, it wasn't one day. It took a matter of time, even years probably, for that to be solidified within you, would you, yeah? Yeah, it took a while. Um, I started being mentored. Gee, I want to say Zay was maybe three years old. And we left when he was seven. So at least four years, it took me to even get to the point of jumping. Okay. I was very disobedient, <laughs> very disobedient. I wanted to do what I wanted to do, okay. right? And that came with relationships, all sorts of stuff. I just wanted to do what I wanted to do. And I suffered because of that. So okay. when I finally decided to sit and listen and be mentored, I had to change my mindset of this person's trying to tell me what to do because I'm a grown woman. I don't want anybody telling me what to do. And I changed my mindset. I'm like, no, Sia, this person is trying to help you. This is what a mentor does. And there is tough love that comes with that too. So that process right there of those four years took me to the place of jumping. And then whilst I was out there, everything that I was taught, which was also remember your why, I was taught that I was able to carry with me on the journey. So whenever I had my lows, whenever I felt depressed and I didn't come out of my bed and I was in my room till the sun went down, like basically the sun came up and then the sun went down. It was times that, you know what I mean? I went through that. I still pushed through it because it was like, see a snap out of it. Remember why you're doing this. And that kind of leads into the question, you kind of answered some of it, to tell us what challenges presented themselves that you were not prepared for. I had a lot of challenges. So of course, financial will be one because, you know, you're not working and all that kind of stuff. You have the two children, you're in a foreign land and you're not able to work in the foreign land. So that was a huge, huge challenge. Shout out the foreign land, please. Uh, Yes. (laughs) 
Let's have a shout out to Atlanta, Georgia, yeah. <laughs> United States of America. Okay. <laughs> well, me and keeping me and all of that good stuff. <laughs> My second hand now. <laughs> yeah, so going to a foreign land was very difficult with work-wise, financial, and so that dwindled down into the finances. Secondly, an obstacle that I really didn't think about at all was the status situation. Mm. right not being an american and not having status and all the roadblocks that came with that and those roadblocks were the cause of me wanting to give up i'm like you know what i'm hanging off of this i got tired of people asking me about it how you making off your status i got tired of that because every time i saw an open door it closed right in my face um right up until when i left and that was the biggest thing like something that I just wasn't even thinking about and I would actually advise anybody that's gonna do something like this to really do your research because my school and he told me so much about immigration and that where it applied to being in school but I didn't learn what comes after you graduate and what you can do to make your life simpler I found all of that stuff out late so that was a huge obstacle for me okay and an American man. <laughs> well, we're gonna say men all over the world. We're gonna say men all over the world have their challenges. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do. No, and actually, it's funny you say that because I say it: a man is a man, a woman is a woman. We all have our issues. But I was in America. <laughs> <laughs> the immigration thing was the biggest challenge. I could agree. Uh-huh. <laughs> Well, thank you for sharing all of that. So with this journey that you've been on, how have you been able to find happiness, stay empowered, and be developed through all of this? For all three of those things, I found it in friendships. Um, I found it in more mentorships. I found it in coaching. And I found it in my peers. And I was able to recognize and separate this. You know, I was able to understand that my friends can't be my mentors. <laughs> and my mentor can't be my coach. So once I understood that, once I got those individuals in my life, I found true happiness, true empowerment and true development. Like everything came with that. Came Before together. That, I didn't have any of that. Mm. I thought I was, once I was able to open up myself to what was going on in my life, not have a pity party anymore, learn from these individuals and understand those relationships for what they were, I was able to to really develop into the woman that I am. I'm empowered. Like, I'm a boss. I feel it. And I'm just so happy about all of that. And now do you find yourself mentoring and now perhaps even being a coach for someone else since you've kind of gone through that journey? Well, yeah, I mean, here recently for the past couple of weeks, I've been doing Facebook lives where I've been telling people a lot of what we're talking about here, but also more in depth, you know, different elements like no excuses, use your time wisely, different things like that. And from those Facebook lives, I've had people inbox me and ask me, listen, can you mentor me? Can you like, you're really encouraging. So, and I've been open to that calling to the point where I'm doing a purpose coaching course. Yeah. So that I can have that under my belt and I can, you know, 
So where does Miss Sia go from here with her, I say, good head, her happiness, empowerment, and development? Where are you going from here? So I just recently registered my company in Georgia, Film Mail Consultants, LLC. So I am now the proud owner of a company. That company is basically going to be where we'll have film production, film education, and then other services like screenwriting, script doctoring, all of those things. Those that I'm actually doing right now, I give those services now. So I'm building up my platform for that. I'm definitely going to be doing the mentorship thing with women and young women. I have a Young Queens Girls Club that I hold every Friday. And we talk about valuing themselves, their self-worth. We talk about their bodies, you know, the missing father, like different things that these girls are dealing with, friendship, dilemmas. (laughs) And so I just basically teach them based off of my authentic experience. So I'm very open with them. I let them know, listen, I went through this. This is what happened to me at 15. This is what I chose to do and I shouldn't have, but you know, different things like that. So I'm very open with them with that. And then of course, you know, I'm just looking forward to all the things that are going to be coming my way because actually it's just been flooding in. I have projects coming up, one in North Carolina, one, two in Atlanta, and then I'm associated with a company in Atlanta that I'm doing some work with as well, um, outsourced. It's an ongoing venture for CSN. Oh, and some acting. Um, you know, some acting is going to come into play. Good. See ya. Uh, yes. Taking acting classes. Okay. Well, we appreciate you coming on. We appreciate that you found your head and we wish you all the best with that, Miss Sia. Yes, Sia. Thank, Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week on Giving Head, the podcast. And make sure you check us out on Instagram and Facebook for more information on this head episode. And as always, subscribe to the show to catch every new head episode and leave us a review so we can continue to bring you that good head. See you next time. Ciao for now. Bye.